Good morning, good morning. 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Good morning, me. My Community Plan Foundation Hour. I'm your host, Reverend Mitchell L. E. Kenna Johnson. And I'm your co-host, Adia Hayden. Is this where we say Happy New Year again? Happy New Year again. One more time. That works again. <laughs> As we continue in January 2023. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, listen, um, you know, all the all the news abuzz over uh, President Joe Biden and the classified documents. No one said a box of classified documents, nor do they say nine boxes. No one said that when notified of the documents that he defied a subpoena by the Department of Justice and had to go back and forth with negotiating whether or not he should Turn the documents in. Are you trying to say this is not the same thing as Donald Trump and the raid at Mar-a-Lago? I'm trying to say two things. One, it, it is significant because, as you know, the news reports suggest the documents were part of his tenure as vice president and in interesting spaces, which suggest oversight rather than intention, I might add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oftentimes I feel like these sorts of things are the fault of the staff, but unfortunately it does bubble up to the top. Um, but in this case, I wouldn't say top as in Joe Biden. I'd say top as in, you know, who was the in charge of the transition committee at that time and like who was in charge of moving these tactile documents from one place to another because they don't just happen to, okay, we'll just throw them over here. <laughs> Someone was like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll tuck them over here, thinking they were important. But in this day and age of you did it, I did it, he did it too, everyone's pointing <laughs> fingers at each other. It's just another thing to be like, see, you did it too. I think there are a couple of things here that are really worth noting. One is I'm going to disagree I, I think um, the head executive, even if you're in the vice chair, um, you're responsible for what your staff does. I mean, the African yes, proverb, I agree of with that. everything rots from the top. So with, with that being said, uh, again, um, no one has suggested we have uh, nuclear information, uh, information about our intelligence operatives around the world. And those are the items that were of grave concern that former President Donald Trump had at Mar-a-Lago. Moreover, he had boxes of documents, and there's something really significant in the manner in which the Biden administration has addressed this challenge, and that's called open participation. Mm-hmm. And transparency, and they went ahead and appointed an independent special counsel for this um, so that we can have that third-party view of what's going on that is hopefully not tainted by partisism as so much of our politics and government order is tainted today. Well, we can only hope that at some point um, our government in Washington, D.C. might mirror the government here in Cook County. Yeah, I said it. Only equity-driven government in the nation. Y'all ought to check that out one time with us in studio because it is the third Sunday. I, You know, I really want her to be in studio, which is why I made that statement in Okay, studio. I was going to say, speak it into existence. <laughs> speak it into, if we got up this morning and we're here, you know, speak it into existence. The, the laughter you hear in the background is none other than Cook County Board. President Tony Prequinco, Madam President, Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. And I am grateful to be with you. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy thank, New Year. Thank you very much. I think we're still in the socially acceptable window to keep on saying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Madam well, President. 
Go ahead. I am great. As I said, I'm grateful to be with you. Um, I, I want to introduce this morning uh, as our first guest, Ali Abid, uh, who is our deputy director of the Madam Congress. President, Madam President, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a brand new year. No one has heard from you since last year. I, you, you can't just run into the script. You, you got to give, give, give the listening audience something. This year, you can expect more from your county government. This year, we're going to not tax at all. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Speak it into existence. All right. I'm afraid I can't do that. But I I by talking a little bit about the inauguration earlier this week. Um, First of all, uh, I was in Springfield on on Sunday and Monday and had an opportunity to sit down with Speaker Welch, who I consider a friend. And I'm, you know, very grateful for his leadership in the House. Um, In the inauguration on on uh, on Monday morning. I think that uh, Governor Pritzker gave a very professional speech, but I will, I will tell you I was most moved by the speeches of our Attorney General, Kwame Raul, mm-hmm. and uh, Treasurer Mike Frerix. Um Let's start with Mike, because I want to talk a little bit more about Kwame's speech. Mike Frerichs is a very smart and talented person, and he's the only one of the constitutional officers who actually gave a speech entirely without notes or scripts. <laughs> uh, but he talked about the importance of of using the the state's investments in our pension funds and in the Bright Star program, which is a college saving program for our residents, um, using our um, leverage as uh, shareholders uh, for you know corporate responsibility and trying to get our our the companies that we invest in to be more equitable and to be more focused on climate change and and so on. So that was I thought that was a very uh, powerful speech. But the most powerful speech was given by our attorney general, who talked about the ways in which he's been trying to deal with uh, the the inherent uh, racist inequities um, and class inequities in our criminal justice system. So um, it was the kind of speech that uh, that Kim Fox might have given <laughs> our state's attorney, and it was given by our attorney general. And so that was the that was that was the most impressive to me. What's interesting is <clears throat> there seems to be something in the water. In, in the neighborhood that you first began to serve because uh, Attorney General Kwame was your state senator as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. he. Uh, if you may recall, Barack Obama was our state senator. And, and when he became U.S. senator, um, the committee people, the Democratic committee people, appointed Kwame Raul to continue his term until the next election cycle. So that was 2004. And um, he served in the state legislature, of course, until uh, 2018 when he was elected uh, attorney general. Uh, and in his tenure in the state legislature, I think um, there were a number of, of ways in which his his, uh, his service was notable. But the most the most important thing, I think, is his hard work to eliminate the death penalty in Illinois, given what a terrible record we have for wrongful convictions. And yep. the fact that we have undoubtedly put innocent people to death. No question about it. I, I tell you, um, my, my my recollection of the attorney general's service as state senator goes back to when the law library needed to increase our fees or the fees that they might remain solvent. And he was one of the first senators to say this is a no brainer. 
Um, so forever he is on my list of guys who use uh, their positions for the betterment of communities without exception. Um, and our state, state treasurer, he has long, always been on the page, um, Adir, you'll be happy to know this, of making sure that public dollars are invested in public programs and in, in our communities. In fact, if your bank is doing good work, he wants to work with your bank. But if it's not, then as far as he's concerned, they do not deserve to be the fiduciary of state dollars. How about that, Madam President? Right. Um, the question of who gets to be a um, repository of state funds is not a small uh, matter. This is uh, lucrative business for local banks, and uh, the fact that he applies some uh, you know, equity criteria to those investments, to those uh, deposits, is, is a really good thing. Now that I've got my fill of the president's perspective on other items, we can get back to the script. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for the prompt. Uh, You know, I usually figure I should just go right into the program, but you're right. Uh, You know, the inauguration is sort of, you know, celebration and spectacle, but it's also an opportunity for people to lay out their vision and uh, report on their accomplishments. And I think... You know, particularly in the case of the treasurer and the and the attorney general, um, it was really illuminating. You know, in terms of how they see their office. So, even as music in the background tells us it's time to get some business, I'm going to ask Madam President to ensure that both the AG and the state treasurer stop by the program and one of her programs and one of her hours that we might be further um, educated by the good stuff going on in democratically elected officials. After all, we do a good job, but if no one knows and it can't be told, this is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour, and we'll be back after this short station break. Starting a job search? In need of training to get new skills? Are you an employer looking for a great hire? The Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership can help. We're the umbrella organization for the largest publicly funded workforce development system in the nation, serving Chicago and Cook County. Our network consists of more than 90 community-based organizations that can offer you the assistance you need at no cost. Make the call. Dial 1-800-720-2515. Or visit shycookworks.org. Find the connection you need. YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill open positions in their south suburban location. No experience required. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Welcome back to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. 
This is the third Sunday of the month, first third Sunday of the new year. And so we are getting our updates from Cook County Board President, Madam Tony Preckwinkle, uh, who is just helping to illuminate us on some of the discussion that was going down at Springfield this week, including our state attorney general talking about the importance of ESG and highlighting how we can try to ESG, environmental, social governance, and how we can try to get companies to start, you know, making the wise business decision that it is to invest in our environment and to do better for our environment. That must be a topic, Madam President, that millennials and Gen Zs are concerned about. Yes, clearly. Uh, and, and I will take to heart your suggestion that we try to get uh, Treasurer Frerichs to join us in some a subsequent program, as well as Attorney General Kwame Raul. So. Thank you. All right. Continue on with the, the lineup for today. <laughs> All right. Okay, ask Ali, who's hopefully with us. He's, a, he's on staff at our Justice Advisory Council. But tell us about a program that provides support for people returning to our communities from incarceration or detention. Ali, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. Good morning, all. Good morning, President. Good morning, and welcome right. to the show. All right, Ali. Thank you. Tell us, tell us quickly about the work of the Justice Advisory Council more broadly, and then about this specific program. Of course. So the Justice Advisory Council, the department uh, under uh, you, uh, Madam President, uh, that gives out grants to community groups throughout Cook County in the areas of violence prevention, restorative justice, recidivism reduction, all things to ensure that our communities are safe and thriving and do not need to, and people do not need to uh, encounter the standard criminal justice system because the needs and things that drive people towards crime and criminality are removed by by investing in those long-term solutions and in prevention of violence. So that's what we do on the funding end, and we also work to introduce uh, positive reforms to our criminal justice system by working with our community partners, both at the county level and in Springfield. so that's the Justice Advisory Council. And with the American Rescue Plan Act dollars that we've received, we've been able to expand and introduce much wider and, and uh, bigger programs than ever before. All right. Tell us, uh, tell us Ali, about specifically the, the Returning Residents Rental Assistance Program. So with the Returning Residents Program, we have a number of people, as you know, about 450 people a month returning from the Illinois Department of Corrections to Cook County. And we want to ensure that as many of those people as possible have a good chance of succeeding. So what this program will do is for uh, a select group, a group of about 300 households uh, with returning residents, they will offer rental assistance and wraparound services for those individuals. So this program, which is a partnership between the Justice Advisory Council and the Housing Authority of Cook County, we will be helping find uh, returning residents, apartments, where they want to live in Cook County. We'll be supporting them for a substantial amount of their rent and utilities, uh, and then also setting them up with wraparound services. And those can be in the areas of education supports and employment supports, health care, counseling, legal supports, 
case management and help them continue on with that with those apartments so when the program concludes and the support concludes hopefully those services will have set them up uh, to the point where they can continue those leases or other leases on their own all right so this is a, a way of um, uh, what cushioning the transition from uh, incarceration or detention back into the community and hopefully providing people with um, the support they need uh, to to find a, a path to mm-hmm. product productivity how's that Exactly. And we know, I mean, from all of our work in all these areas and for anyone who talks to community groups, that housing is the big bottleneck. It's the great determiner of whether somebody is going to succeed or not. If you have stable housing, it helps you get all those other things. And we want to make sure that when people are in that uh, that key transitional phase, if they've you know come back to Cook County somewhat recently, anywhere from zero to 24 months uh, from the from the time that they were released from prison, that they have a period of time in their life where they don't have to worry about rent that much, and they have all the resources at their at their fingertips to make sure that they can get everything they need to get walking on their own, so so to speak, and to catch up from the time that they've been away. You know, interesting enough, Madam President, um, home security, home stability um, is is important no matter where you are in the timeline of your life's journey. Whether you're a child, home security helps um, maximize your capacity to learn in school. Whether you're employed or unemployed, however you are in the employment journey, home security helps reduce anxiety. So for, for returning student, returning residents rather, this is a really important asset um, to, to reduce recidivism. I want to believe, Ali, would that be an accurate uh, perspective? Absolutely, and as much as it, you know, as you know, like as you were saying, it matters so much for for kids when it's when it's there's housing security in terms of school, uh, and, and we know it matters so much for adults when there's housing security in terms of maintaining employment. And what's nice about this program is that it's not just for returning residents who are living solo, uh, solo solo on their own, but it can also be for returning residents with dependents because we want to make sure that we're not just helping individuals, we're helping whole households as much as possible because that's has huge ripple effects in our communities. Well, so I guess uh, we need to know how folk might reach you and reach information regarding this program. Absolutely. So the thing that we are uh, announcing now is the wraparound services funding opportunity. Uh, we're looking for those service providers who provide education supports, employment supports, health care supports, and legal supports for returning residents in these areas. So um, we, a, an application will go live on February 1st. And we will have an info session on January 25th. Now, to get information about any of that, you just have to go to cookcountyil.gov slash JAC grants. So that's cookcountyil.gov slash JAC grants to get all the information about the funding opportunity for those service providers. So on January 25th, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. So we, we are, our goal is to get those service providers selected through this funding opportunities uh, to be all lined up for when the program launches this summer. And how do we can how do returning residents get connected with this program? Because it seemed like when you were speaking, you said, you know, around 400 
individuals may be coming uh, home monthly, mm-hmm. but you're only able to service about 300. Uh, how can individuals get connected? And then what is a standout candidate look like to you in order to you know make sure you're kind of at the front of the line to get these benefits? Right. So the way the so when the program launches in the summer, the way people will be uh, referred to our program will be through a couple different sources. One, it'll be community service providers who are already working with returning residents and and uh, and know who's in their network, and then also be uh, Illinois Department of Corrections themselves, the the parole, the mandatory supervised release officers who are working with individuals. And what they will be looking for, and, and since they're going to be the point of contact, will be individuals who would, who are are ready to take up a lease, could take up a lease, uh, and and do that, and 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 take on an apartment, but they just don't have the funding yet, and it would make a huge impact for them. Now we're sketching out the more of the eligibility criteria right now as we design it with our partners, uh, but. Generally, it will be people who are able to take up, uh, you know, who are in the right spot to take up uh, those rental and lease agreements with the landlord but do need extra help, would not be able to do it without this help. So that's what we're looking for. So I guess an important date is January 25th, and that's when information sessions will commence? For service providers exclusively. For the service providers, yes. And and that's who we're trying to to get set up with this application. So those community organizations who provide and the service providers who provide those services and the healthcare supports, education, employment, legal supports, that's who should be uh, applying info sessions on January 25th, and the application launches February 1st. Thank Wonderful. you. Okay. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Mm-hmm. So, Ali, if, if if someone is interested just in the in the programs that are offered um, uh, through our community based partners um, by the Justice Advisory Council, what's the phone number they can call? You talked about violence prevention, anti recidivism, restorative justice. Um, what's what's the number people can call to to find out more? So, the phone number people can call is three one two six zero three one one three seven. Uh, but you can always reach us also by email at jac.info at kakaniayal.gov and the JAC website over, uh, overall. And you can just Google that, the kakaniayal.gov slash JAC grants or slash JAC. All right. One more time slowly, okay? Okay. The phone number or which which piece? We can do both. <laughs> let's do let's, uh, 312 1137, and you can reach us at cookcountyil.gov slash JAC grants. And jc.info at cookcountyil.gov. Is that correct? That's right. No, jac.info. Yeah, All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Ali. We're grateful. All right. Thank all you right. all. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. All right. Our next guest this morning is Jessica Caffrey. Jessica is uh, the executive director of the Cook County Land Bank. Jessica? Jessica. Good morning, Madam President. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Jessica, help us out a little bit here. Um, I think many of our listeners may not be aware of the land bank's existence or um, the kind of work that it does. So help us with a 
a little introduction before we uh, before we get into this. After this short station break, we have music now. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Thank you. The My Community Player Foundation will be right back after this short station break. Starting a job search? In need of training to get new skills? Are you an employer looking for a great hire? The Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership can help. We're the umbrella organization for the largest publicly funded workforce development system in the nation, serving Chicago and Cook County. Our network consists of more than 90 community-based organizations that can offer you the assistance you need at no cost. Make the call. Dial 1-800-720-2515 or visit shycookworks.org. Find the connection you need. Are you looking for a new career? YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill several roles in their South Suburban location. No experience required. They're seeking to fill the following positions. Assembly operator, automation technician, molding operator, quality inspector, setup technician, forklift driver, cycle counter, material handler. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Uh, welcome back. Third Sunday of the month. Cook County Board President, Madam Tony Preckwinkle. And we are starting off with... The new executive director of the Cook County Land Bank Authority, Ms. Jessica Caffrey. Um, Ms. Jessica Caffrey, can you tell us a little bit about your new position and what the Land Bank Authority does here? Yes, good morning. Thank you, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am so excited to be in this position and to describe the good work that the Land Bank does. So let me begin by saying that multiple studies have documented that crime increases in areas with a higher percentage of vacant properties and abandoned buildings. The relationship that we have between the vacant and abandoned properties and crime shows of how racially discriminatory housing practices have basically prevented people from color from accumulating generational wealth. And what we're trying to do is change that. So the land banks are governmental agencies that focus on converting abandoned, vacant, and tax-delinquent properties into productive assets. Our whole purpose is to address this large inventory of vacant residential, industrial, and commercial properties. What we do is we acquire, we hold real estate throughout Cook County in an effort to promote redevelopment and reuse of these properties. And we do it with the intent to stabilize the neighborhood, stimulate the residential, commercial, and industrial economy, 
But that's our purpose. How do we do it? We acquire the property by request of other municipalities or other nonprofits or individually. We hold the title. We name tax um, uh, liens and we uh, as exempt. We distinguish all delinquent tax and liens, and sometimes we demolish buildings with the intention, again, of getting the property back to the market. That's a brief overview of what the land bank does and why we do it. All right. Now, if, if someone's interested in, in a vacant or abandoned uh, parcel in their community, um, they might not know whether the parcel's in the inventory of the land bank. How do they how do they get in touch with the land bank to inquire if they if they're a small developer if they're um, a community member and and concerned about uh, vacant land or vacant properties? Um, what's what's the what's the path to to talking to somebody in the land bank? Yeah, absolutely. So the first step I would say is to go to the web bank, land bank's website, and that address is www.cookcountylandbank.org. At the very top, you're going to see apply or buy a property. If you are a homeowner, you would click for a homeowner. If you are a residential developer, you would click that link. Or if you're interested in commercial, commercial or industrial, you would click that link. Once you click it, for example, under home buyer, we have frequently asked questions. So do I need to be pre-approved? If you are financing your home, then yes, you need to be pre-approved. Um, may I offer less than a minimum? Yes, you may. There is a non-refundable fee of $1,000 unless your financing is disapproved. And then the most freaking question that we get is how does the land bank make a decision when multiple uh, people have applied for properties? And what you can do there is that we look at the occupancy who's occupying, we look at the contract terms, we look at the down payment, and we look at if you're a first home buyer. So we have frequently asked questions directly on the website and a video on exactly how to apply for a land bank property. So is this the Cook County Land Bank Authority? That is correct. So I'm looking on your website as we speak, and I see featured rehabilitation projects. So you really have a complete inventory for any residential living situation, standalone housing, uh, condominiums, um, et cetera, as well as for commercial development. Uh, with the exception of condominiums, we do not have condos. But, yes, we have vacant land, and we have uh, residential structures, commercial structures, and industrial structures. Of our current inventory now, we have about 1,100 um, sources of vacant land. We have about 400 residential structures, a little over 200 commercial and industrial structures in our current inventory. Interesting. So I one of the biggest worries I feel like with um, gentrification is that when communities have these vacant land, oftentimes the only folks who can come in and afford to develop on it are people who are coming in looking to raise the rent prices up of the local area. Um, how does your office step in and play a role here when deciding, um, you know, maybe this is not the best developer for this neighborhood at this time? Well, the good thing about the land bank is that we offer properties at below market. So if a home buyer is interested, in you, if you go to our home buyer direct program, you'll see that how to walk through the process. And a lot of our properties are definitely way below market value. So if someone's interested in a fixer upper, 
some are smaller fixer-uppers, some are larger, then they do have the opportunity to become a homeowner and create that generational wealth through that process. Oh, fantastic. Um, How are, are you all in the community? How are people fi- knowing about this opportunity? How do you all get your message out there? With Madam President Tony Preckwinkle. On 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> How else are you getting your message out there? Yeah, besides um, Madam President Tony Preckwinkle, we also have uh, social media. And so we do have Instagram. We do have uh, Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. So we do have other media outlets in which we try to get that word out. Are you still doing any of the home giveaway programs? Um, We are currently not doing those at the time. What we're doing is we're wrapping up uh, the process from those holiday sales. So we're currently wrapping those up at this time. You missed it. You missed your home giveaway. (laughs) (laughs) Come back next year. (laughs) One more time, Jessica, about how to contact the land bank. Yeah, please contact the land bank. Um, I'm going to give you two two things. At www.cookcountylandbank.org is the website that has everything that you need to know. The phone number is 312-603-8015. And if you have any questions where you would like an email, or if you would like to uh, bid on some of our opportunities, which we have a lot of preservation services, our next RFQ that will be coming out will be for preservation services. You can email info, I-N-F-O, at cookcountylandbank.org. Um, on the website, under the, um, you will also see that we have the previous RFQ for preservation services. Um, so we are going out with another RFQ this quarter. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to have to make sure that Attorney Robert Johnson and our partners in Thrive 2025 um, take another look at, at minimum, this website, because you have quite a few opportunities uh, for home buyers in every portion of their journey, brand new, seasoned, or in the middle of the mix. There's something for everyone, it seems. Yes, that's correct. There's an opportunity to create generational wealth, and we're really happy about that. Mm. That's good stuff. Phenomenal. All right. Thank you so much, Jessica. We're grateful that you joined us this morning. Um, Our next guest. Thank you. Our next guest is Lamar Hasbrook, Dr. Hasbrook, who's the chief operating officer of Cook County Department of Public Health. So he had Cook County Department of Public Health. And he's here to share with us information about a mental health campaign that's being launched by the Department of Public Health. Dr. Hasbrook? Good morning, Madam Madam President. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Hasbrook, and welcome back to the program. Good morning. Thank you for having me, as always. All right. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the, the Department of Public Health's focus on behavioral health services and mental health. Yeah, so um, as you know, we have a growing portfolio for mental and behavioral health. Uh, what I want to share this morning is a campaign that we just launched uh, last week. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and it's called Here to Hear You. 
Um, and it's through a partnership with NAMI, which stands for the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Um, and basically what we're doing is we're trying to address uh, the increased mental health needs in the post-pandemic period or the pandemic period. So uh, we know that the rates of both depression, anxiety, substance use, stress and distress have kind of gone through the roof. Um, as a result of the pandemic, a lot of stressors that folks can probably relate to. Um, and so we want folks to know that there is help for them. Um, and then if, if they're not feeling like themselves or they feel like they need um, to talk to somebody, there are folks who are here to hear them. Um, and so through our partnership with NAMI and their helpline, we're connecting folks with the services that they need. Uh, they can call in, get screened, get connected to the services uh, that they need. Um, and this is the campaign that, like I said, started last week. It's going to run all the way through Mental Health Week, which is in May of every year. It's the national observance that entire month of May is for mental health. Um, and so that's the campaign. So I just we want folks to know about it. And um, there's a there's a number that they can call if they or their family members are concerned or want someone to talk talk with about their their mental health. And that number is eight three three NAMI shy. So 833-N-A-M-I-C-H-I, and that'll get them right to the helpline, and they can be directed from there. Very good. Very good. I think it's, it's important to return to what you said earlier in your remarks, which is that um, the pandemic has surely um, brought to light uh, concerns about mental illness, you know, anxiety and depression in particular. Um, yes. But, you know, it, it and it also, you know, kind of magnified uh, those problems for many of the, the folks who who suffer from um, from um, behavioral health challenges. Yes, that's exactly right. It's really made it worse for a lot of populations. And we've been able to identify some some groups that are at particular high risk. We, we've all been impacted, no doubt. But in terms of folks who are maybe home insecure, homeless, obviously, uh, African-American women, um, LGBTQ plus youth in particular. Um, and so these are groups that we know are really, really having a lot of struggles. And, um, you know, it's, it goes without saying that we've all been touched and affected. But when you look at some of these national and international studies that show, you know, a third of folks that are surveyed having depression, 40 to 50 percent mm -hmm. having anxiety, over 50 percent having stress and, um, you know, uh, relationship issues and increase in substance use, you really understand the magnitude of it. So we're we're trying to, this campaign is, is to reach those folks. So, you know, it's interesting, doctor. Um, I often think of mental health as, well, my analogy, whether folk like it or not, is your vehicle. Every year we all get our vehicles tuned up, get through fluids change when the weather changes because we know that different seasons cause different challenges for your automobile. Your mental health is the same way. You got to get mental health checkups, particularly families who are impacted, as you pointed out, um, by a myriad of things, the least of which is this ongoing pandemic called COVID. And if nothing else, then the pandemic called racism. So how you deal with these communities from a mental health perspective requires, in my humble opinion, doctor, you can correct me if I'm mistaken, a mental health tune up. I think you're spot on. You know, I've heard it uh, many years. I was doing radio, and I heard a mental health um, expert refer to it as 
a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> and I thought that was cool. Uh, and so we need that. You know, we need to get tuned up. We need an annual physical exam that folks don't always do. We need a checkup from the neck up. And certainly given these uh, very high rates of mental health, this is something that folks um, really should do. And, and people may be thinking, well, why is public health doing this? You know, and for those folks, I would say that, you know, public health is really about protecting and improving the health of folks in the communities that we serve. And uh, harnessing the power of partnerships. So NAMI is a great partner for this. We don't always have the specific bandwidth and expertise in-house to do it, but we can do things through the power of partnership with organizations. The power of partnership is in your ear. It's called music, reminding us of our partners who help pay the bills. Uh, this is where we remind our listening audience that this is the My Community Plan Foundation. Our third Sunday of the month can only mean Cook County Board President of Hey, listen, she has folk who are here to hear you. Get your checkup from the neck up. We'll be back after this short station break. Are you looking for a new career? YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill several roles in their south suburban location. No experience required. They're seeking to fill the following positions. Assembly operator, automation technician, molding operator, quality inspector, setup technician, forklift driver, cycle counter, material handler. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Welcome back to the My Committee Plan Foundation Hour. This is um, our action segment. With us, we have Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle. Her crew includes Dr. Lamar Hasbrook. He's reminding you of a mental health campaign about to kick off. And they are here to hear you. Did I miss something? No, I was going to say a great named campaign that we have going on. (laughs) I, I don't know who came up with that name, but, you know, that's pretty snappy. Um, uh, first <laughs> let, let me just say, you, you have a former educator as an executive of the county, so you got to look for the snappiness and take it as uh, it's, it's consistent. Well, yeah, and it's all about accessibility. So, like, if it's a name that we're all going to remember, then it's a name that we'll continue to share and spread because mental health is public health. Um, and if you think you don't need a therapist, you probably definitely if do. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> so that, That's a little biggie, Dr. Lamar. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure uh, you know about that. You don't think he knows about yeah, I'm that? I'm familiar. Thank you. <laughs> He's coming for his All music right. credits. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Dr. Hasbrook, for, for joining us. We're very grateful. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. 
All right. Our, our next guest is, we hope, Representative Robinson. Representative uh, Lamont Robinson, are you with us? We are working on that in studio right now. There, so, he might Mr. be Mr. Robinson, here. we see you flashing. We see you. We're coming to get you. You know, we're going to take you off and hear from you momentarily. We, I mean, we're here to we're hear here, from we're you. We're here to hear you, you know, and we'll hear you now, sir. Representative Robinson. Yes. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We called on you today to ask you about the recent legislation that was passed in the lame duck session um, by the House and the Senate, which limits limits high-capacity ammunition magazines and bans assault weapons. Tell us about that legislation. Well, Tony, good morning to you, and thank you for the opportunity. We all know the struggles that we have been having uh, with guns and the years in the making that we have tried to ban assault weapons uh, in our state. And the General Assembly um, took on this notion, and we have banned assault weapons in the state of Illinois. Uh, this was a huge legislation. We know what has happened in Highland Park, but we also know what happens regularly on the south and west side of Chicago. And so I, I really have to give uh, kudos to the governor as well as the leaders in the House and the Senate uh, for making this historic legislation. All right, let's, let's talk about the, the components of it, if we could. Representative, now I spoke about the ban of assault weapons and the limits on um, high-capacity magazines, but I understand there are other aspects of the bill as well. Well, uh, you hit it right on the head. Um, some of the guns that are in the market uh, have uh, automatic uh, rifles that will allow you to continue to shoot ammunition. Uh, and who needs that? Uh, And so that was banned, Madam President, uh, which is extremely important as we see that these things are getting into the wrong hands in our community. Um, I will tell you that, uh, again, uh, the components that you mentioned a little earlier and lastly, the automatic rifle piece really are the major components of this historic legislation. And I and I understand that that um, it extends the ability of the courts to prevent individuals uh, who you know are, are dangerous from prese- from possessing guns of any kind um, through firearm restraining orders. So there there are a number of components, but the principal ones are banning assault weapons and high capacity ammunition magazines. So as you as you point out, this is significant legislation. Um, whatever component you look at. That is absolutely correct, Madam President. Representative Robinson, um, welcome back again. You are no stranger to MCP Media Platforms. Welcome back again to uh, the morning hour. And congratulations on on this legislation and your effort to make or help make um, Chicago land safe for all of us. Well, look, I appreciate the opportunity to come back uh, to be with you all and 
Um, my friend and mentor, um, Madam President, look, in the state of Illinois, we are getting things done. I know that there's a lot of baby steps, uh, but we're doing our absolute best to make sure that we make our streets safe across the entire state of Illinois. You know, it's interesting. You you appropriately mentioned the, the state and the efforts um, on behalf of you, the Black Caucus in Illinois, et cetera. Um, but I'm, I'm going to argue that there's something going on in the water around the president because a whole bunch of you folk from her part of the woods seem to be doing some really good work. Yeah, I said it. I'll say it again if you make me. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm very grateful, very grateful to Representative Robinson for his uh, great work in Springfield, and uh, he's been a champion of of a progressive legislation like this, and a real supporter of of the needs of Cook County. So we're grateful. As this is um, the action portion of the show, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how we can bring this bill to life. Uh, and, you know, how can we make it more than just the words on the page and kind of live it out? So what are the steps necessary, um, Representative, to, for this to kind of trickle down and for us to see uh, the outcomes of it on the street level? Well, I think that we have to educate our folks uh, in our uh, community on what is going on as it relates to the legislation around gun violence what is going on around the appropriations of money to stem violence in the state of Illinois. And so we need to be able to use platforms like the one that we're on today, uh, utilize our community organizations, our churches, to be able to get information out on what we are doing to stem violence in the city of Chicago. And again, I am just thankful for this opportunity on this segment to be able to talk about this today. And I just, you know, I, I think it's important for us in, in the in the African American community um, and in our urban neighborhoods to remember that, you know, unfortunately, our young people, and it's mostly our young people, are dying as a result of gun violence almost every day. Um, and what gets the headlines and unfortunately the public attention almost solely is uh, incidents like Highland Park, when the victims are not black and brown people, um, are not people. Yeah. in marginalized communities, but are people who are, let's be quite honest here, white and privileged. That's unfortunately um, the focus of attention a lot of times in this country and not to the daily ongoing challenges that we face around gun violence uh, in many of our neighborhoods. Madam Absolutely. President, Dylan's sitting over here and shaking his head up and down. He's doing the bobblehead. He agrees. Yeah, because people are so desensitized to the violence that is that occurs on the daily basis, um, you know, in the black and brown community. I remember when the Highland Park shooting happened, I had all these family members calling me, making sure I was okay. I was like, that is miles and miles away. Um, you know, there's stuff that happens blocks away from me on the daily, on the regular. There's things that happen on the L train um, where I have a higher chance of being, you know, associ- affiliated with things like that. Um, so, it, yeah. But, you know, the important thing is that this legislation and we do have representatives at the state level and at the federal level who are, you know, attempting to address the problem. We have the great programs that are coming out of the Cook County Board President's office that are trying to work with folks on the community level um, and organizations that are in the streets doing the work out here meeting with folks, you know, these young people on the regular that, you know, we're trying to connect them with funding opportunities so that we can start to address um, 
this issue and so hopefully listen, not be so desensitized to it all. Madam President, State Representative, this being the action segment, as Adia Hayden pointed out so appropriately, I got to ask you guys, you got to encourage our folks to get involved in something. I'm going to suggest that maybe, Madam President, don't be mad at me. Brother Robinson, you got stuff going on, man. Don't you want someone to get involved? Plug your stuff. Well, I appreciate the opportunity again and really to uh, move from the work that I have been doing at the state level to the city of Chicago. Our city is at a crossroads, and I have uh, uh, decided uh, that it was time for me to get into the thicket of things uh, and run for Alderman of the Fourth Ward. Alderman King, uh, the current Fourth Ward Alderman, is running for mayor, which is going to leave a void in my community. It's also going to leave a void in Madam President's community and many of your viewers. Uh, and so I am running for Alderman of the Fourth Board. And Brother Robinson, you know, Madam President does not want voids around her. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a strong, committed, progressive uh, alderman, and uh, I think we got one in Representative Robinson. Ooh, that was that was strong, a, committed, progressive. Strong commitment, progressive. progressive, and this just happens to be progressive radio, so you couldn't be in a more <laughs> appropriate place on a Sunday morning, third Sunday as it is, Madam President. As usual, you never fail to bring information relevant on today. Even that, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Dare I say, the only only equitable government and the equity driven government. Government. I'm gonna get it out eventually. A day looking at me like that in the nation. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to both of you uh, to be with you this morning, and uh, look forward to next month. You yes. are absolutely welcome. Only if uh, Robinson brings the energy. Because uh, listen, here's the answer to, uh, and I'm gonna say this: if you want folks to volunteer. For any of the campaigns throughout Cook County, I, I think young folk who are interested in public service will be doing yourself a service by volunteering to work on the programs of those folk on this program right now who are running for elected office. This is not an endorsement. It is a suggestion that young folk get involved in campaigns. And any candidate who is on our programs, even though they're not point, um, tooting their own horn, uh, we're going to give you information to reach out to them and support. Uh, learn because you can't do what you don't know. Absolutely. I, 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 I got involved in my first political campaign when I was 16 years old and uh, don't don't regret a minute of that involvement. It's uh, taken me a long way. So thank you. Mr. Rob, uh, Representative Robinson, we got your number. We're going to give it out. Listen, this is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. It will be rebranded. So look forward to that coming soon. I'm your host, Reverend Mitchell L. E. Kenna Johnson. And I'm your co-host, Adia Hayden. Have a super fantastic week.